Burlap Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Burlap Podcast. My name is Paul Shenneman. I'm the host, and we're on with Chris Fomesby again this week. And this week we're going to be talking about faith practices and millennials. Chris is going to be sharing some research uh, that he's been doing into faith practice and millennials and, uh, and give us some insights from that and some stuff from his own personal experience. But I wanted to start out uh, just from uh, my own context and my own experience with pastors that I've run into as a youth pastor and trying to uh, work with millennials and reach millennials in my congregation. One of the things that I've found that's real common in, uh, in my area and the pastors that I've dealt with is that when we start talking about millennials who are non-religious or nominal Christians, that for the most part, uh, the assumption is that they don't have faith practices. Uh, because they have chosen not to engage in, in faith, um, to not engage in declaring I'm a Christian or Muslim or Jewish or whatever it might be, that they uh, then say, well, I'm not going to practice anything that's affiliated with a religion. And, um, and so because I come to millennials that are maybe nominal Christians or non-religious with that kind of assumption, I... I think that um, taints the way that I interact with them. Uh, that uh, in one real-life scenario, that uh, I was trying to explain prayer to a group of millennials, and they stopped me and they said, "Hey, we already know what prayer is." <laughs> and so, um, so with that kind of background of things, Chris, do you think that that you expected that kind of reaction out of uh, a group of millennials when they're hearing? trying to describe prayer to them? I think that's, that's one of the interesting things about what we're learning as it relates to millennials and whether we might call it a lack of faith practice or an assumption of, of these practices that we assume as part of our walk with Christ, so to speak. But at the same time, I, I think, to your point, we assume that uh, they have no idea, millennials have no idea what this, <laughs> what this is. And that's why we asked the question, what is your most common form of religious activity to a little over 100 millennials? We just wanted them to, you know, share with us and for us to be able to gain some insights on just what it is that is religious activity in their minds. And so, because you're right, Paul, I mean, I Now, why did you phrase... Now, why did you phrase the question that way? Well, we wanted to make sure that we did a couple of things by phrasing the question, what is your most common form of religious activity? You know, we wanted the word common in there to suggest that there, there were multiple practices and or uh, frequency of practice to some degree. If there was going to be religious activity, we wanted them to not think of it as just something they do once in a while, but a common form, something that they do with some kind of, of regular pattern. We wanted to ask the word religious specifically because I wanted to see how the millennials that we were going to be able to interview uh, responded to that actual word. Obviously, with so much being talked about, spiritual but not religious, the SBNR, that the millennials are spiritual but not religious. So I wanted to see 
what the reaction of the millennials who engaged our survey would actually be to that specific word. Then I also wanted to make sure with the word activity, so what is your most common form of religious activity, I wanted to see if there was some kind of, of movement or action that was affiliated with the common form. And so from there, we could develop some insights around what we might think that millennials are either doing or not doing in their religious life. And so you wouldn't be surprised, nor I think anybody really, to know that of a little over 100 millennials that we asked, about 29% of them, almost 30% of them said, I'm not religious, so nothing. And I think that's probably in keeping with what we're seeing out there in the research from everyone from Barna to Pew to everybody who's doing great, great research out there. But where I was surprised, getting mm-hmm. back to the assumptions that you mentioned, or where I was surprised was that, um, you know, I thought we'd, we'd see two marks that would be high or two areas that would be the larger percentages. One, something to do with nature, and the other, something to do with, with giving uh, money, uh, which seemed to be two of the things, two of the assumptions that a lot of people have about millennials, that they're spiritual, they engage the, the natural elements of the world in their, in their spirituality, and they're very uh, generous, most of them, at least some of the segments that we've identified, are very generous. But to my surprise, uh, walking in nature and giving money to help others were the actual two, two lowest um, on the spectrum, with uh, attending church being mm-hmm. uh, about 13%, and prayer overwhelmingly um, taking all the categories at nearly 40%. So nearly 40% of the people said, hey, prayer is my most common form of religious activity. And I was surprised by that. I just, going back to your mm. scenario that you mentioned earlier, I was surprised that, that to, to see such a, um, an emphasis given to my understanding of prayer. Now, what we don't know in this research, obviously, is what kind of prayer. Are we talking about devotional prayer? Are we talking about prayer that's connected to a crisis in their life? Is there some kind of explorative prayer, like, God, if you're out there, help me in this moment? We don't know the answers to that, but what we do know is that there's some inclination or longing connection to what we would consider as religious folks uh, transcendence, this idea of connecting with with uh, with God in a uh, or a supernatural presence in a in a bigger way than than I might be able to in my everyday normal life. So I think that that was you know some findings that I had. I don't know if that strikes you as interesting when you saw the re- research, Paul. But um, yeah, I found that to be really interesting. Yeah. It- when I saw the research, it uh, it connected with my experience um, of you know um, of millennials trying to clarify for me that they already knew the thing that I was trying to describe, and that it was just so common and basic that their assumption was everybody knows about prayer. Um, like there's not a person around that wouldn't know about prayer. Um, but for me, uh, my own experience, not growing up uh, in a church in not growing up in a Christian home or anything like that, um, the first time I prayed is when I went into a church. Like, I, I honestly didn't know what prayer was. Now, you know, after I learned about what prayer was, I realized I'd probably done it a couple of different times in my life um, prior to actually knowing that there was, like, a form to it or, or a specific way uh, of addressing 
uh, the divine. Uh, you know, it was those moments where it was like, you know, I don't know what in the world's going to happen, but someone please help, you know, uh, where I cried out inside myself, you know, I need help. Um, yeah. uh, so, which made sense after that, you know, that might be the kind of prayer that uh, some of those millennials were thinking about when they, um, when they checked that box or made that comment into the research. Um, but, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I know that... It, it did shock me when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah, and I know we only, you know, have a hundred, a little over a hundred people here. And so one of the questions that I get a lot as it relates to some of the um, research we're doing is, so how, what can you really tell with only a hundred people? And, you know, honestly, we're not trying to take on the expertise of a statistician or an analyst and create some research methods that are going to put together, a, you know, an international study. What we're trying to do with interviewing uh, around 100 people each time is we're trying to just develop some insights that and maybe some affirmations to what we're already feeling. And then from there, maybe develop some contextual solutions for, for pastors and church leaders. And that's one of the questions that I get a lot. Mm-hmm. Is, okay, so after seeing this particular section of the research, after the, seeing what these little over 100 pe- people, millennials, said, what do you suggest that we do? And, and after looking at this and saying mm-hmm. that prayer is, though, is nearly at 40%, I would suggest that church leaders take very seriously the opportunity that they have to connect with millennials about prayer. So whether that's through the sermon series, whether that's through a special conversation or series of conversations that they might set up as they engage millennials in their church and community, or whether that's through some kind of key learning event. And so one of the things that we're doing Mm-hmm. To try to help church leaders is put together this six-week curriculum, if you will. Maybe that's not the best of words, but conversation starter that help pastors and church mm-hmm. leaders connect with millennials. So we've written six weeks on the Lord's Prayer, and in the future weeks we'll be giving that away for free at the thinkburlap.com website. And that's just an opportunity for church leaders to test out in their own context whether this is a solution for them reaching millennials. And, of course, the Lord's Prayer is such a great place to start because of the connections that it has with the other insights that we understand about, about millennials being common good and purpose in life and, and, uh, and meaning and uh, transcendence and some of these things. So we've broken down the Lord's Prayer around these six key ideas of adoration, submission, provision, confession, holiness, and justice. And so we just want to test that. We want to put a tool in people's hands and say, hey, here it is for free. Try it out. See if it helps you connect with millennials in your context as it relates specifically to prayer. I think it will. We have already had some people who have used this content. It was actually written for an event that we uh, helped to create with the Church of the Nazarene, actually. And from that, we've been able to hear some stories about how youth pastors and young adult directors and church leaders have been able to engage millennials through the conversation of prayer. So all in all, I think it's really important for us to get some affirmation to our instincts or our, our what we believe to be conclusions rather than just allow the assumptions to reign, like you mentioned, the ones like, hey, you know, well, millennials mm-hmm. don't know anything about prayer. It just doesn't seem like the right way to go. So anyway, all in all, we just want to provide that as a tool and help people see if this is uh, something that's true 
in their context. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to using it in my context. And I think you're right. I think that one of the things that the research helps us to do is to probably call out assumptions like mine um, that are unhealthy um, before maybe you get into those situations where uh, you embarrass yourself <laughs> or um, and you have to have a millennial tell you you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> um, uh, pull you back. Or um, really to be proactive in, um, in, in connecting with millennials in ways that are meaningful um, and, and to try, try out new ways um, of engaging them in ways that I think maybe we hadn't thought about before. Uh, seriously, I've never really heard of a church that has, uh, has said, hey, we're going to connect with the, the experience of you know, young adults and teenagers through, uh, through prayer, uh, those that are non-religious or nominally religious. Um, and, and so uh, you, whether that's a teaching series or an event or something out in the community um, that we can come alongside, um, things that are happening out in our community uh, with young people and, um, and be a, a place where we uh, lift up prayer uh, as the common thing that would connect each one of us uh, to to God. So uh, thanks, Chris, for sharing the research. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to uh, getting together on the next podcast. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to follow along on Facebook or Twitter. And if you have some time, sign up for our free ebook on thinkburlap.com. And as always, Make sure to uh, comment below or send us your comments on what you want to be talked about and addressed on these episodes of the Burlap Podcast. Mm -hmm.